0: Yeah. I was specifically asked to talk about imposter syndrome. And I got to be honest with you, I've really been trying to wrap my brain around imposter syndrome and try to figure out what what advice I can give you and and what you can do and, and it's much harder than I thought it would be. And so In my normal way of thinking, I really just wanted to try to wrap my brain around imposter syndrome and why do we feel that way and what causes imposter syndrome. And I think in many ways it's an acute awareness of our insecurities as well as potentially our inadequacies. So a lot of times we judge ourselves and we say, well, I'm not as good as I should be. And yet we may not have really thought about whether or not our should be was a reasonable should be. And so if you set yourself up with this expectation of perfection you're probably not going to attain it. And then you're going to convince yourself that you're not as good as you should be. And it's it's very difficult to, to get where you want to go when you constantly feel like all your past efforts are not good enough and they haven't gotten you where you think you should be. And so I think with... With inadequacy versus insecurity, insecurity is kind of like we're suspicious that we might not be as good as as we think we are or we should be, whereas inadequacy is that we're very much aware that we're not as good as we should be. So that's why I use them together because in either case, it's you saying to yourself, I should be doing better. And I'm simply acknowledging the fact that maybe you're right about that and maybe you're wrong about that, but it doesn't change the fact that how good you are today is how good you are today. And there really isn't anything you can do in the next 10 seconds that's gonna make you any different than you are right now. But what you can do is have a strategy for getting better and you can have a goal of getting better and you can have a a plan for what you're gonna do. And then what I found to be helpful was just to work every day to give the best I could and to try to be a little bit better than I was yesterday because if you can improve by just 1% a day, at the end of 365 days, you're 365% better than you were. And you do that year after year after year, you can get a lot better and you can do it pretty quickly, relatively quickly. But the other side of that is we tend to feel like we need to be in a rush, that time is running low and I've got to hurry up and get there. And I think that one of the things that drives that is the natural sense of competition that emerges in school where we're in Gonstead Club and we're trying to learn and we're with our friends, but at the same time, we also want to be better than they are. And you know I'm right, (laughs) that's what you do. Uh, And so you get this natural sense of competition that emerges, but in some ways, competition's good. Uh, If you remember a few weeks ago, I talked about my friend John, the guitar player, and what was interesting about his story of how he learned to play guitar when I asked him, is he said, the reason I got good was because I had a friend down the street and he had a guitar and I didn't. And we had the same guitar teacher. And he said, so I would go over to his house and he'd be like, hey, look what he showed me today. And he'd show me this cool riff that he could play. And he said, and I would be like, oh man. So when the next time I saw the teacher, I'd be like, hey, you taught the other guy this riff. Can you teach it to me? So he would. Then I would go over to that other friend's house and I would use his guitar to practice it as much as I could to be better at it than he was. And he said, yes, it was kind of a sick competitive nature kind of thing. But he said, the reality is that today we are both excellent guitar players because we pushed ourselves. And he said, had I not had somebody driving me that way, chances are I would have not played, not practiced and never gone anywhere. So I don't want to discount the benefit of that kind of competition. I think it actually is good. It's good to have a drive. It's good to want to be the best, whatever that means. But at the same time, It does have an unhealthy aspect on the psychology. Uh, C.S. Lewis has a quote, and I'll probably butcher it, but it's something along the lines of the fact that competitiveness doesn't care about what we have. It only cares that we have more than the next guy. And so it causes problems that way. And the minute we get rid of the competitiveness, it deactivates the ego because now we're no longer worried about whether or not we have more than the next guy. We're only concerned with, well, how much do I have and how do I get more of that? And I found that for myself, uh, one of the beneficial things for me, and you know, you can always look back in life and say, do you have regrets? Do you wish you'd done things differently? And I, I see some of my early years and I think to myself, there are things that I could have done differently and maybe things would have been better if I had done them differently, but you never really know for sure. And one of the benefits that I see of the way I did do things is that I intentionally and consciously put myself in the middle of nowhere, where I would not be distracted, and nothing, nothing would have my constant attention. And I just put my head down and I went to work. And so even in my town, if you had, if somebody told me that some other chiropractor was doing such and such, I would have said, I, I have no idea what you're talking about, because. I don't, I don't know what they're doing and honestly don't care. Um, I didn't really have other Godstead doctors I was talking to. I didn't know what anybody was doing. I didn't care. Um, I wasn't overly concerned with how much money anybody was making. I wasn't only concerned with how many patients anybody was seeing. My only concern was whoever walks in my door today, I want to do the best that I can for them today. And in some small way, hopefully, as I'm helping them, they'll help me by teaching me something I didn't know. And that'll make me a little bit better so that I can help the next person. And there were a number of of conditions that when I started, I remember having patients come in and saying to myself, I know they have a subluxation, but I don't know where it is. And I know they need an adjustment that that would fix it, but I don't know how to deliver it. And that makes you feel pretty inadequate. And I guess that inadequacy is what we now call imposter syndrome. But I didn't feel like an imposter. That wasn't... That wasn't the mentality I had. The mentality I had was that I'm in training and I'm just not good enough yet. And I need to get good as fast as I can. Not for me and not for ego. I need to get go- as good as I can get as fast as I can get so I can help these people when they come in the door because if I don't help them, who will? Who are they gonna find? Many of them aren't gonna leave town. They're not gonna go find you. I know people better than me that I could send them to, but they're not gonna go see them. They're just gonna stay here and, and I don't know, live with it, I guess. And I thought, no, they need to be fixed, and I'm kind of the only one who can do it. So I got to keep working at this until I learn to find those sublux stations and fix them. And that became the underlying drive. And so I think one thing that really helps is if you can keep your attention focused on the patient. Because if you're having imposter syndrome, I mean this as nicely as possible. It probably means you're spending too much time thinking about yourself. Because the only way that I can come to the conclusion that I'm an imposter is if I keep thinking about me and how I fit into the world. And so when I was a kid, my mom taught me this great phrase. She said it so many times that it just became ingrained in my psychology. But she always said, humility is not thinking less of yourself. Humility is thinking of yourself less. And that might seem like a semantics word game, but it's not. You see these people who think very highly of themselves. And they go, oh, maybe I'm coming off as too arrogant. I should be more humble. So they start using self-deprecating humor and they start trying to talk down about themselves. But the reality is, they're still talking about themselves. That does not solve arrogance. And it doesn't create humility. The only way to create humility is to take yourself out of the equation. I am not part of the equation. I'm outside of that. And once you do that, then you can start focusing on the world around you. And it's a... It's a mental discipline. It's not that some people are better than others and maybe for some people it comes more naturally than others. I don't even know that it came that naturally to me, but another lesson I learned, and I I thought this was valuable, was don't spend too much time looking in the mirror. Uh, And I don't mean that figuratively. I mean that literally. Like when you get up in the morning and you're getting ready, don't spend too much time looking in the mirror. It only encourages self-centeredness arrogance, a concern for me. What do I look like? What are people seeing? You start thinking from a me perspective. And so that doesn't mean you shouldn't look at the mirror at all. That would that would be very unwise. But just don't look in the mirror too long. Don't spend too much time looking. Um, Especially if you like what you see. If you like what you see, you might need to just walk away. Um, That doesn't mean there, there isn't something good to see in there. It just means that you might become enchanted by yourself. And I'm not that's not directed to any one person or anything that's just a general principle and it is kind of true I never really thought it was true until uh, I guess I just got too busy (laughs) To really take much time for doing much of anything which includes looking in the mirror, so um, You do what you got to do and you get out of there, but you don't you don't make judgments You don't look in the mirror and say well, how do I look today? Um, and, And then start scrutinizing every little thing like well how are my eyes how's my nose is this you don't start scrutinizing. if you do that that encourages self-obsession if you can just generally look at the whole picture and go is that presentable it is moving on i got a job to do and it's to go get people better and so i simply say that because i know that a large part of imposter syndrome comes from being overly obsessed with yourself and i not i don't mean that in a bad way but just being focused on a you perspective, trying to see the world from the perspective of how does it affect me rather than how, what, how do I affect the world? How am, what is my place in the world? Not what is the world's place in my story? And there's little subtle mind shifts, but it's we live in a world that's so focused on creating that kind of me focus and me arrogance. And uh, I'll just simply tell you that social media has made that, I only say 10 times, 100 times worse because everybody's worried about how they're presented in public. Well, I'm not presented at all, and I kind of like it that way. Um, I, there's, there's an element of feeling like you have to do it, and at the same time, I don't want to do it. Uh, I don't want, I, I just don't want to do it. I don't want to start down that road because I know where it leads, and it's not a good place. And so it's one thing to put yourself out there like that when you are actually have skills and you know you can back it up. There's a certain point you get to in your career where you have confidence in your skills. And the way that I would describe that, what I mean by that, is you have a patient and you think to yourself, I don't really know what I'm gonna do. And I don't really know how I'm gonna adjust this. I just know that if I start going through the motions, my body will take over and it'll be okay. And at that point, you're you, you're pretty, uh, you're pretty uh, I don't wanna say confident, but you're just, you're not worried about what you're gonna do when you go to work. You don't go to work with that panic of, I hope nobody needs me to adjust this level, or I hope nobody comes in with this problem, or I hope I don't have to use that bench because I don't know how. Instead, you just have this confidence of, I can do any adjustment that comes in here, I have confidence that if I just use the system and go through it, I'll figure it out, and that's a good place to be. And if you're not at that spot, it is very dangerous business to be trying to put yourself on social media and present yourself as something you're not. Because uh, a few weeks ago, when I was talking to Dr. Ian, we talked about this. Because you can make, you can Hollywoodize yourself. Anybody can video themselves a whole bunch, cut out all the bad scenes, and make themselves look a lot better than they are. And no doubt, many people do it. And that is why social media is dangerous. And I think that that's what's creating the imposter syndrome. Because you look and you go, well, there's a young person and I see them and they look like we got it all figured out. Well, maybe they do, but there's a pretty good chance they don't because that's just the nature of social media. And I think a lot of people even even use it as a way because they feel like they got something to prove. And uh, I just there's a lot of a lot of bad psychology. And I guess I'm in the end, I'm just thankful that when I was going through the learning process, there wasn't no, there was anything like that. There was no pressure to do anything like that. There, I didn't have to come out of my cocoon and I didn't have to show anybody what I could do. All, it was just me by myself. And I guess I'm kind of a hermit that way because when I had to lift weights, that's how I would always do it. I didn't like going to the gym. I built a home gym. I would go to my home gym. I would track what I was doing. And the only person I had to prove anything to was myself. And as long as I saw myself making constant steady progress forward, that was was nothing else. There was nothing else to answer to. And so I think part of that imposter syndrome is getting out there, seeing what other people got, seeing what's what's going on, and and it can really start to mess with your psyche. So I would just tell you, don't worry about it. Uh, Don't be concerned. Don't try to do the sprinting game. Don't think that you're gonna just sprint to the finish line. and, And don't feel the need that you gotta be the best ever. You only have to be the best to your patients you've got to be the best chiropractor that they know. And as long as that's the case, they're gonna stay with you, you're gonna help them, and you're gonna have a huge impact in your part of the world. And the fact of the matter is, you could be world famous, and it's not gonna do a lot for you, to tell you the truth. Because if you're world famous, some people might travel to see you, but you can't even imagine how many won't, because they can't. And so, it doesn't do you a whole lot of good to be world famous except maybe it pads your ego, but it's not actually going to benefit you. What's more important is be locally famous. Just pick your little piece of the world and try to be the best that anybody knows in that little piece of the world. And if you'll do that and succeed at that, your little piece of the world will grow. Not rapidly, but it will grow in small amounts and get bigger and bigger. And you'll develop the confidence to know that anywhere you go, you can do what you've done before. And to me, that's that's the part that matters because as you get older, you definitely change your priorities and you start realizing that um, if I compare myself to Gonstead, I'm a failure. But I have values and things that I want that Gonstead didn't. For example, I have children. He did not. I would like to spend time with my children. He didn't have to worry about that. That wasn't an issue for him. So he could go to work and be there all the time and not feel guilty. Not only would I feel guilty, I don't want to do it. I want. come home and see my children I want to do things with them and so you can create a false standard like that and then say well I didn't achieve this what if you just don't want to it's perfectly all right for you to not want to build everything God said had you can take what he taught you can become good at it you can make a difference and you can make your world as small and tiny as you want it doesn't have to be big so I think there's this thing where we often feel like we got to play the big game and we got to change the world and we got to take over and That's really not what it's about. And I think that you'll really beat yourself up and feel very frustrated. And don't doubt that 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 imposter syndrome does have a way of creeping in from time to time because you'll see somebody doing something and think I could have done that or I should have had that or maybe that could have been me. And that's gonna happen from time to time, but you don't really have to worry about it because the fact of the matter is we all have our own strengths and weaknesses and we all have our own niches. And so you may feel like you're an imposter if you compare yourself to other people, but you may have no awareness that somebody else feels like an imposter when they compare themselves to you because they see your strength and you don't. Uh, Unfortunately, that's the bad side of strengths, is that when we have a strength and it comes naturally to us, it comes so easy, we tend to assume that it comes that easy for everyone. And so because we think everyone has it come that easy, we assume it's not really a strength. And so we discount it. And we have no idea that actually that thing, other people are looking at you and saying, wow, you just come so naturally. They're so good at that. And that could be anything. Uh, so you've got your own character, your own makeup, your own strengths, your own weaknesses. And the, the big part of the picture is just figuring out what is your niche? What's your thing you do well? What's the thing that you want to, to do that, that takes this giant community and carves out your own little piece even within that community, so that you've got your own little niche within the gonstead community, and then you've got your own little niche inside your community, and if you just focus on that and don't worry so much about trying to play the big game, as some people do, uh, you're, you're gonna do much much better in the long run. It's it, You're gonna be much happier, I will tell you that, uh, because you can certainly try to chase the big thing. Uh, some will make it, some won't, but you're gonna feel frustrated a lot, and you're probably gonna beat yourself up a, a lot, and it's probably not really worth it. So um, I think the best way to get out of imposter syndrome is just to realize that you're okay where you are and, and think back to where you started. You've certainly made progress from when you started. You've certainly gotten better than that and you're gonna keep moving forward and you're gonna keep working and you're gonna keep trying and there's really no reason for you to feel like an imposter and all the docs I know are not gonna treat you like one either. Uh, we, we know that different people are on different parts of their journey and even if you started late and you're way behind that's okay our only desire is to try to help you get to the top faster like how quickly can we teach you this so there's no there's no judgment there if you're if you're lagging behind or a little bit slower so i hope that nobody feels like an imposter because you're really not you're making a difference and i'm sure if you're doing Gonzalez to the best of your ability that you're probably doing a whole lot better than many of the chiropractors around you and so just keep keep doing what you're doing and push it forward day I was driving down the road and I had this thought that I think goes along with imposter syndrome and maybe even helps to explain it a little bit. I realized that there was there's this concept that I think creeps into people's psychology and maybe it creeps in a lot and maybe it creeps in a little bit, but it comes in different amounts and it can it can really influence how they think about life and and how they pursue their goals. And I realized that what a lot of people think is that If you're doing the right thing, it'll it'll make your life easy. And so then conversely, they say to themselves, well, if life is difficult, if life is hard, if life is a challenge, then that's an indication that I must be doing something wrong. And the thought that immediately came to my mind was the idea that the perpetual pursuit of the easy life makes people lazy. And it also makes them unadaptable. And so I don't think you want your life necessarily to be easy. And that what smart people figure out is that when life gets easy, they probably need to find a new challenge because it won't stay easy for long if that's the way that it is. And so I think to some degree, we all kind of know this, but then to some degree, we all kind of don't, that we'll... We might verbally say, oh, no, I like challenges and I like whatever. But the truth of the matter is that when you really feel like you're climbing uphill and you just keep climbing and keep climbing and nothing's going your way and you face those challenges, like when we learn to adjust, your seated cervicals, like the number one thing. You're pushing and pushing and pushing. Everybody's complaining about their neck and you haven't heard of cavitation in 10 months. <laughs> like you get frustrated. You go, well, I must be doing something wrong. You don't really know that. You might be doing everything right and your hand might just be too weak. Uh, you don't know that you're doing something wrong just because it's a challenge. And so I think that there's something beneficial actually in pursuing the challenge. To say that I actually want it to be hard, I don't want it to be too hard, but I actually want the challenge. And I certainly don't want to take the easy road because the easy road will deceive me into thinking that I'm doing better than I am. But Part of the imposter syndrome is the fact that the challenge will deceive you into thinking that you're doing much worse than you really are. And so I think if I could give you any encouragement, it would be that, that while you're facing these challenges, not only are you getting better, even though you may not perceive it, you're also being developed into the person you're going to need to be because um, there, there are pressures you don't expect. And there's some pressures you do expect. I was, um, when I was talking with Dr. Ian, we were talking about these pressures that you face and the fact that, um, like an acute patient, for example, when you've got an acute patient and you know, I've got one adjustment, one attempt to fix this person. My first attempt better be my best attempt. And if you've never felt that, that's a lot of pressure. And hopefully you do put that pressure on yourself because you do have one attempt and it should be your greatest desire to help that person on that one attempt and to to really dig deep and put out your best performance at that moment. And then Dr. Ian said to me that, he said, you know, the pressure I never expected was the pressure that happens when you find out that somebody spent their last dollar to get on a plane to come see you because you're their last hope. And he said, that was an additional pressure I never experienced, I never anticipated. And I thought, wow, that that really is a lot of pressure. And so we, we talked for a few minutes at one point just about pressure, that we have pressure on us and we have to learn to be able to handle that pressure. And you'll go up as you not only learn to handle the pressure mentally, but to actually perform under that pressure. And the first step is, you just have to learn to perform. You have to learn to perform before you can perform under pressure. And so if you're still in the learning to perform phase, there's no reason to think that you can perform under pressure. And yet, that does not make you an imposter. And even if you graduate and you call yourself doctor and you tell people I'm a Gonstead doctor and you still can't perform under pressure, that doesn't mean you're an imposter. It means you're in the process of learning. You're in the process of adapting and you're in the process of learning how to meet those challenges because I would say for any one of us, no matter how experienced, no matter how long we've done it, there is still a point of pressure that's beyond what we can handle. And so for myself, I try to become aware of like, where is my breaking point? I need to know where it is because I cannot improve it and I cannot move it until I'm aware of where it is. And that's one of the growth steps is not running from your inadequacies, not trying to cover them up, hide them, pretend they don't exist. Uh, act like you're better at, the, at one thing than you really are. You have to get past that and you have to become acutely aware of where is your failure and where does it seem to be happening. And you have to just have the guts to dive headfirst into your failures because that's the only way you're gonna get them better and find that breaking point and start moving it. And I, it's bad news, but like I said, I don't think that point's ever gonna go away. You'll be doing that the rest of your life because even if you're a thousand times better than where you started, there's still gonna be that point and there could potentially still be the patient that's on the other side of it. So that's what drives you to keep going that direction and keep trying to get that additional information. And so uh, the, the challenge is always before us. And uh, I, think, I think that's why Kobe Bryant talked about it a lot. You got to, you have to fall in love with the grind, not with the results. And when people get into chiropractic or get into Gonstead and what they love are the results, seeing miracles, having patients tell you how awesome you are, like making a good adjustment. When you get addicted to that, well that's great, but that's not gonna get you there. When you fall in love with the grind of really figuring out what you don't know, learning more, really just the day to day, building on what you already have built, when you fall in love with that, that's when you'll see those benefits that you're chasing after. But by the time you do, you realize that all they are is milestones. They're just markers to let you know that your efforts have not been fruitless. That all of that effort you put in, it was worth something, and accomplished something, it got you somewhere. Because at, there's a certain, for myself, there's certain expectations with certain conditions or certain patterns, I'll call them patterns that I see. Or a patient comes in, describes a symptom pattern, and I'm thinking, I think I know what that is. So you go through the whole process, scope, palpate, x-ray, the whole thing. And you come to the conclusion that it is where you thought it was. Okay, so that's step one. Now I got to make that adjustment. And you make a great adjustment. And the patient goes, wow, it's gone. It's a miracle. Instead of being like, congratulatory, pat yourself on the back. For many, many gone said doctors, it's more of a good, that's what's supposed to happen, on to the next. Because it's just a milestone that lets you know, I got it right. Basically, it goes from thinking I should congratulate myself to good. I don't have to beat myself up for being wrong. Let's move on to the next one. And that's a lot of what happens because it's more about the grind and making sure you've got it and that you can perform under pressure and you can make things happen. And that's not everybody's cup of tea. And I'll tell you, when people ask me why, I've had patients and students ask me, why don't more people do Gonstead? I think that's the answer right there because not everybody loves the grind like that. A lot of people, Want to be able to get fast results as far as their ability to feel like they've accomplished something and they want to be able to pat themselves on the back and they want to feel like i'm the man moving on and they don't want to they don't really want to fall in love with the grind they don't want to taste the frustration they don't want to pursue something like that and yet there does come a point where as a gun said you start to look like a magician uh, I've, I've told patients everything from its magic to uh, you have to use the force to all kinds of goofy things because I knew that I could not explain to them and I could not give them the answer they were looking for but to them it was magic so we'll call it magic that's what it was and that, that almost becomes the most adequate explanation because it's such a foreign concept to move a bone and change a person's health and all over the chiropractic world there are chiropractors moving bones that are not changing people's health and so for a lot of people that's become the standard move bones nothing changes but i feel good and when you're moving bones and changing people's health that is an entirely different game to be playing but you're not going to get there in a year or two you're going to get there with a long steady grind and as long as you're grinding you're in process there's no reason to feel like like an imposter so i hope I hope on some level that if you felt like an imposter or felt like you're failing in some way, please don't. I hope you don't. If you do, uh, uh, reach out to me. I'll tell you you're not. You're not an imposter. Uh, none of us are. Everybody's doing the very best they can. And just keep pushing forward, doing the best you can. And you're going to get wherever it is you want to go. But um, set in your mind what that is, uh, what you want to achieve, what the weaknesses are, what's holding you back. and then, And then just start grinding and just keep going at it. Uh, and if you haven't been to a seminar in a while, go to a seminar. Seminars are a great way to kickstart your brain, kickstart your hands, uh, get yourself going somewhere again. Uh, if that's not doing it for you, so uh, I hope that I hope that helps you get out of your funk and, and not feel like an imposter Because um, I don't believe anybody is, no matter what level you're at, even if you just even if you just started school yesterday and haven't even been to club once, you're still not an imposter. You're you're more than welcome to join the team and just start grinding like everybody else. So uh, I hope that helps you. Get out of that funk and and just get back to work.